Hi, this is Bill Woods, and I just wanted to come and talk to you a little bit. It's been really a stormy monsoon time up here this week. We've had all kinds of storms. It's raining right now, and uh, one of the things that I've been quite concerned about is the muddy road to get us in and out of, out of this place so that we can go and do the business we have to do. But God's in charge, and God will take care of it. By the way, I want to thank God for the tremendous blessing he's given to me. Uh, tomorrow, August 20th, will be Marty and my 57th wedding anniversary. And I just uh, am so thankful for the way God has blessed us through the years and the wonderful wife he's given to me. And so I didn't want to let that pass without you knowing that we're celebrating 57 years uh, married and... Uh, God's been so faithful. I want to talk to you today about hang on, stormy weather is coming. Luke 8, 22 through 25 says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. And so they got into a boat and started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. What is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Mark tells us, this miracle happened after Christ encountered the opposition of his friends and enemies. Mark chapter 3, 20 through 20, or 35 says, One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said, He's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similar, similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? Would he never survive, or he would never survive? Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth. All sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying, He's possessed by an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother... Your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. 
There were several other confrontations where he was even accused of being demon-possessed. He told several parables and warded off several attacks and was exhausted. This had been a bad day of ceaseless pressure, pressure and agonizing responsibility, a day of physical and mental exhaustion. Jesus told his disciples to go to the other side of the lake, the eastern shore, and he laid down in their boat to rest. This was between five and seven miles from where they were at the time. As they made their way across the lake, a storm suddenly broke. Mark 4, 35 through 41 says, And as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, and the disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. That's kind of a picture of life. Not all storms that we face are weather-related, some are the emotional and spiritual kind that we think are going to get so bad that we don't know how to handle them, maybe even will destroy us. We start out going where we're supposed to go and doing what we're supposed to do, and suddenly we're caught in some turmoil that just about sinks our boat. All kinds of storms come to all of, all of us in this lifetime. Often we think we can't bear up under the pressures of the storm, only to find that the weight seems too great and we can't continue on. We want to throw in the towel. We want to just quit. When these stressful times come, we must learn to turn to the Lord for his help. How heavy does something have to be to be too heavy for us to manage was the question that was being asked in a class. When do the circumstances become so severe that we just feel like quitting? A psychologist walked around the room while teaching stress management to her class. She raised a glass of water. Everyone expected her to ask the half-empty or half-full question. Instead, she asked, how heavy is the glass of water? Answers called out ranged from 8 ounces to 20 ounces. She said, the absolute weight doesn't matter. It depends on how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute, it's not a problem. If I hold it for an hour, I'll have an ache in my arm. If I hold it for a day, my arm will feel numb and paralyzed. In each case, the weight of the glass hasn't changed, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it becomes. The stresses and worries in life are like that glass of water. Think about them for a while, and nothing happens. Think about them a little longer, and they begin to hurt. And if you think about them all day long, you'll feel paralyzed, incapable of doing anything. It's important to remember to let go of your stresses as early as you can. Put your burdens down. Turn them to the Lord. Don't carry them 
through this evening and into the night, remember to put the glass down. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 29 in the English Standard Version. Good news. Jesus doesn't leave us to flounder in the storm alone. He's in the storm with us. He will share the load we carry. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Take a closer look at the crises on the lake that these disciples were were going through. In verse 23, it says, As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The lake, or, or the Sea of Galilee, was notorious for its horrific storms, which came with shattering and terrifying suddenness. They were like some of the storms we experienced uh, when we lived in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We could see things coming, you know, and, and one time I saw within an hour the temperature fall 60 degrees. There was uh, flooding and there was uh, winds and thunder and lightning and massive rain and hail. Or maybe it's like the storm we experienced this week in Sun Valley with massive lightning and thunder and winds that knocked the power out of our our house and left us in the dark for 18 hours. If we would have had any trees around our house, many of them would be down after that storm. But I guess, thankfully, there were no trees, so I didn't have to clean that mess up. The storm that caught the disciples on the Sea of Galilee was humongous, more than these seasoned fishermen could handle. They'd been through storms before, but nothing compared to this one. The Sea of Galilee lies in a basin 600 feet below sea level. It is surrounded by high mountains of 3,500 feet or higher, which cause cold air to rush down the gorges and meet the warm air in the basin, creating severe storms on the lake. Maybe, like those disciples, you're caught in a storm today, one so severe that you're close to panic. Is your storm a domestic problem, maybe a war within your home, a divided family under one roof? You've reacted in anger and said things that can't be retracted. You burned bridges that can't ever be rebuilt again. There's animosity and resentment in the atmosphere. Your home is charged with cruelty and massive stress, and you just don't know what to do. That storm is in so many homes today. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ can ease the storm in your home if you'll let him. For others, it's a storm of physical problems, perhaps the hounding fear of the unknown. The future for so many seems totally frightening. Some are facing a storm of doubt. The old truths no longer seem quite enough. You know, Thomas uh, had to put his finger in the nail prints in Jesus' hands before he, he settled the question that what the disciples were telling him was true, that Jesus Christ was alive. You know, some of us are facing the storm of decision. They've come to a crossroads and, and there's no word from heaven. Our minds are, are in a turmoil and, and very fearful. 
It's night and, and people are in the midst of a storm. As we read this story, it's important to notice the storm was so severe that the ship was being swamped. These men were seasoned fishermen. They knew this lake. Yet here they were in a storm and their boat was sinking. Not only was the boat getting swamped, they were in great danger, they thought. This was a crisis situation. The cry of the disciples in verse 24 says, The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and raging waves, and the storm stopped, and all was calm. The Galilean fishing boats were very large and hard to handle, and they had one large mast and a large three-cornered sail, and when these storms came in, it was awfully hard to control what you could do with the boat. Jesus was probably asleep on a deck like the platform when the storm came up. The disciples woke Jesus and told him they were all going to drown. Jesus responded by getting up and rebuking the raging wind in the rough sea, and immediately the storm ceased. Jesus demonstrated his power to still the, still the storm. There, are, there was a complete calm, a total stillness that descended on the lake. You know, Christ is master over the elements and he's master over the spirits and he's master over everything. And here he showed this, that he was master and the storm stopped. The Christ who confounds uh, us in, in verse 25, it says, then he asked them, where's your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked. When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Jesus questioned the disciples about their faith. You know, we get the impression that the disciples shouldn't have been terrified. They should have trusted Jesus. The only one is the one who is Lord of history and nature was in the boat with them. Why should they fear? The disciples were amazed. They kept asking each other, who is this? This is a very important question which Luke doesn't want us to miss. This is the nature of a miracle, different because it shows the lordship of Christ over man and over his world. When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. The disciples should have known when Jesus got in the boat and he said, let's go to the other side of the lake. He didn't say, let's go to the middle of the lake and sink like a rock. You know, Jesus is in your boat and with you today too, if you'll let him be. The news about what's happening in this world is completely unnerving. We see storms on the horizon. We see all kinds of things we don't understand, and it's unnerving. All you hear are threats of war and runaway inflation and depression and shortages and coming famine and raising interests and money being devalued and on and on and on. It's all anyone can do to keep from going into sheer panic today. Let me give you a word of encouragement. Jesus promised he'd never leave you or forsake you. Let him still you, quiet your storms. I was remembering the story of Henry J. Taylor. I told it one other time, but it seems to fit here. He was a famous American journalist who wrote about an experience that he had as a boy. 
His father owned a mine and one time took Henry with him to inspect a new elevator being installed in the mine. Before the elevator's safety cage was fitted, in the car where everybody could go up and down, somebody had to go down the shaft in a barrel dangling on the end of a rope. Taylor went down in the barrel with his dad. He was terrified. The barrel was swinging back and forth, swaying at the end of the rope, banging against the sides of the shaft. Henry began to panic. He was so frightened that his heart was beating like a trip hammer. He thought it was going to beat right out of his chest. His father put his strong arm around him and kept saying, Don't be afraid, son. At the bottom of the shaft, they found a strange, dark, frightening underground world. A miner warned them to be careful of poisonous gas that was down there some places. That warning made things worse. Henry likened the whole experience to a horrible nightmare. The only thing in the whole terrifying ordeal was that Henry's dad was right there to comfort and protect him. A miner asked Henry, aren't you scared? Well, Henry answered honestly, I'd really be scared except my father is with me. That's where I am today. The world seems to be coming apart at the seams and I'd be awfully frightened except my father is with me. I have the hope that Jesus will strengthen me here as he has promised and he has promised that he's prepared a wonderful place where I will spend eternity with him. He said in John 14, 1 through 3, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, or many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that, that I go to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Listen. If you don't have that assurance, if you don't know that your sins are forgiven and Jesus Christ is your Savior and uh, he's prepared a place for you, he's promised that he'll help you in the situations here and give you guidance, wisdom, and comfort and strength to face anything you have to face. And then he's promised that he's going to take you for all eternity to be with him in heaven. If you don't have that assurance, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior now. Well, how do I do that? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the first thing you would do is repent. Say, Jesus, I am truly sorry for the sins I have committed and I, I am not going to commit them anymore. I'm going to turn my life around with your help and begin to live the life you want me to live. Please forgive me for my sins. Please come into my life. Please accept me as one of your children and know that Jesus Christ has said that if you would confess to him, he will save you. And he's never lied. And so you can do that. And I would just pray if you don't know him as your Savior today, that you find him as quickly as you can. You know, the world does seem to be like it's coming apart, but we have the assurance that Jesus Christ is right there and he's still in charge. 
Father, I pray that you help each one that's listening to this podcast to realize the importance of accepting you as their personal Savior, of allowing you to comfort them and bless them and guide them into safety. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to get in contact, you know the routine. The email is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. And remember, you know, that uh, uh, you can look at the podcast that I have out. It's uh, lowercasechurchofthegalilean.com. When you get there, then you go to where my name is or there's still power in the blood. And uh, you'll be able to see and hear my sermons that I've done. And also, if you wanted to get in contact with me by mail, you can write to me, uh, William Woods or Bill Woods, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. God bless you. I hope that uh, you your faith is in Jesus Christ and you don't have as much to worry about as the world is today.